This is the Life Church Reno podcast. Here at Life Church Reno, we love God, love others, and make a difference. For more information, visit lifechurchreno.com. From wherever you're listening, we pray that this message impacts you. Good morning. Great to see you guys today. Before I get into the message tomorrow, a whole bunch of schools have their first day of school, and so want, uh, yes, first day of school. Some people are excited for that. And uh, do want to recognize um, some of our uh, school teachers, and so uh, if uh, we have some of our staff from our preschool here, Kids Life. If you uh, work at Kids Life, stand up, remain standing. Let's give it up for our Kids Life staff. Go ahead and remain standing. Tomorrow is the first day of our kindergarten at Life Christian Academy. 19 kindergartners. If you work at Life Christian Academy, stand up. And, uh, and then if you teach uh, anywhere, as a preschool teacher, public, um, I mean, public or private, and uh, preschool, elementary, junior high, high school, college, if you just wanna stand up, or if you're a staff or administrator, let's give it up for all those. And then if you are a, a, a home, if you're a homeschool parent, stand up, remain standing. If you're any of these folks, just stand up, remain standing. I'm just gonna pray a blessing. Father, thank you for all of these. Lord, I pray this will be the best school year of their lives. I pray there'd be an incredible sense of your favor. I pray that every student they encounter and every parent that they encounter, every coworker, Lord, would see a difference in them and that the difference would be you. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, let's give it up for these guys one more time. Last week, we kicked off a series called Immeasurably More, talking about this idea that, that many times our dreams for what God might want to do in our lives, uh, through our lives, for our lives, uh, in all of the different areas of our lives, many times our sense of holy expectancy of God's activity is way too small. And uh, we kicked off last week looking at our key verse for this series. If you have your Bibles, go over to Ephesians chapter three and verse 20. <laughs> Ephesians three twenty, Paul is uh, wrapping up this prayer. We looked at it, the big picture last week. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. Other translations say exceedingly abundantly above measurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Last week we talked about how two of, the, two of the biggest reasons we don't have the appropriate expectations of what God might do in our lives is we underestimate God's love for us or we underestimate God's power in us. And so over these next few weeks, we're gonna be looking at these specific areas of our lives where we tend to underestimate what God might wanna do in our friendships and in our workplace, in our, in our church. And so today I wanna talk to you about what, what might immeasurably more look like in your family. And so we're gonna talk about that today. And uh, here's your first truth. If, if we're going, many times we don't have the right expectations of what God might wanna do in our, our family because we don't have the right perspective on the real purposes at hand in our family. There are greater purposes for your family than we realize. You see, I think there's two ways that we can get it wrong. Sometimes we're simply just trying to survive our family. 
And, and there's no doubt there's seasons, uh, especially when kids are at home or, or you're just trying to, you, it's like, hey, I can, don't even ask me to think about Thursday. I can barely think about the next three days. You ever had a moment like that? You're just trying to survive it. And then other times we're, we're trying to succeed at it and, and, and we have clear goals and we have some things we're trying to see happen. But many times what happens is what we think is real success is less than God's best for us. And, and many times this, we, the, the, what becomes our target for our marriage or for our parenting is actually not the very best target. And so if I'm gonna experience immeasurably more in my family, I, I, I've got to realize there's a greater purpose for my family. And I'm talking about two specific areas, other aspects we could look at, but I've gotta recognize that, that there's a greater purpose for my marriage if you're married. The primary purpose of your marriage is to glorify God by loving each other so well that it reflects God, Christ's relationship with us, God's love for us manifests in Christ dying in our place. Now the Bible's clear, there's lots of purposes for marriage. All the way to deal with loneliness. Bible tells us it's not, not good to be alone. And this, the idea of, of procreation and raising kids together. God's first command, be fruitful, multiply, have some kids. The idea of, the, of stability and flourishing and, and uh, of culture and society. Marriage is one of the greatest stabilizing institutions in, in all, of, probably the greatest stabilizing institution uh, in society. Uh, there was a secular news article that, that had kind of this headline. Want to help America's economy and yourself at the same time? Then get married. Isn't that romantic? Um, and so, uh, the, and, and then it goes on to say that the advantages of, of, of raising kids in a stable household, uh, children of married parents are more likely to graduate high school, less likely to go to jail, more likely to delay sexual activity. Kids from single parent homes, five times more likely to live in poverty. Men who marry, research has shown, are more, far more productive at work are paid better, and are more likely to be employed than their unmarried counterparts. Economist Stephen Morris pointed out that marriage, quote, is a far better social program than food stamps, Medicaid, public housing, or even all of them combined. So one of the purposes of marriage is it's kind of this stabilizing force in, in culture and society. Another purpose is it's, it's supposed to be fun. The Bible tells us, enjoy your spouse. And, but the two biggest reasons, I think, that, that uh, that a Christian should see, should see is the, the primary purposes of marriage, or one, is marriage is one of God's greatest tools to make you more like Jesus. Other than the Holy Spirit and maybe the Word of God, uh, there's not gonna be, for most of us, a greater source of our sanctification, becoming more and more like Jesus than our spouse, primarily in the toughest moments. And, and, but I would say that the, the scripture seems to indicate that for the Christian, the biggest purpose for marriage is that we reflect the way we love each other well, reflects God's love for us in Christ. Ephesians 5, 31, Paul's quoting Genesis. He's also quoting Jesus. And he says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. But then he says, hey, this is a profound mystery. Because I'm, I'm talking about Christ in the church. He's saying, hey, this marriage thing, it matters in and of itself, but it really matters and that it's this picture of, of Christ's love for us and dying in our place. And so it's, there's this bigger purpose. If I'm gonna experience immeasurably more in my family, I've gotta recognize there are bigger purposes at hand for my family. And, and the same is, uh, here, here's what Gary Thomas out of Sacred Marriage said about this. He said, the key question is this. Will we approach marriage from a God-centered view or a man-centered view? 
In a man-centered view, we will maintain our marriage as long as our earthly comforts, desires, and expectations are met. Basically, we will embrace our marriage as long as it's fun, which anyone that's been married very long knows that that is not every day. Someone really liked that. And so, uh, and a God-centered view, we preserve our marriage because it brings glory to God and points a sinful world to a reconciling creator. And so we have to have this bigger purpose for our marriage, bigger purpose if you're a parent, and as you even think towards being a parent one day, if, if that's your spot, uh, you maybe you're, you're years away from having kids, but you're still, I would encourage you to even begin thinking now. The bigger purpose of your parenting is to glorify God by helping your kids learn to follow Jesus. Now here's the thing, at the end of the day, that's gonna be between your kids and God. But what we are called to do as parents is to, is to create opportunities and to do the best that we can through our example and through our words and through the culture we create to give our kids the best possible chance to grow up and learn and follow Jesus. Here's the thing, it's really great to produce nice kids if you have the choice of nice kids or the other way. You wanna have nice kids. It's really great to produce kids that are very successful in sports or school. Listen, uh, it's unbelievable the joy uh, I can get out of watching my five-year-old dominate other five-year-olds in soccer. Before every game, I tell Michael, hey, it's a dollar a goal, you know? Let's see if we can get seven goals. That's our max so far. And I believe soccer's entertainment value peaks also at five years old. And it's really great to produce kids who grow up and get a good job and, and make a great living. Who doesn't want your kids to have good cash in case you need to live with them one day? <laughs> all of those are incredible secondary goals. And all of those are terrible primary goals. See, they're, 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 all, they're all great secondary and terrible primary. In Deuteronomy 6, 4, we see sort of the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. Maybe the most, the, the most often repeated uh, um, verse in Judaism, Deuteronomy 6.4, it's called the Shema. Uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then we see what Jesus says is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. At Life Church, we say life's all about loving God, loving others, making a difference. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God with your whole self. And then it says, these commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. He says, hey, have these deep inside of you. And, and what it's gonna look like is this. It's gonna look like it overflowing into your family. It says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. So you're sitting around your living room, you're, you're talking about God. And when you walk along the road, for us, that would be driving your kids to school. You're praying for them before you drop them off. There are these little one-minute devotionals for families you can get where you're just having this one-minute quick devotional on the way to school. So you're talking about God while you're going to school. You're praying for your kids before you drop them off. And when you lie down, so before you're putting your kids to bed, you're praying with them. Right? If your little kid's reading them a Bible story. And, and then... Uh, and when you get up. And so it's this idea of, 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 of in this most important of all scriptures in, in the Old Testament, it says, hey, like love God with your whole self and, if you, and then make God the center of your home. And Paul, Ephesians 6, 4, says, fathers, don't exasperate. Don't be too hard on your kids. Don't provoke them to anger. He says, instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord or the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Here's what Billy Graham said. He says, love your children and let them know you love them. 
Children who experience love find it far easier to believe that God loves them. You say, well, how do I do this? Um, a lot of it comes down to creating a clear family culture from the earliest age. Joshua 24, 15, Joshua says, hey, you guys can do whatever you wanna do, but as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. It's been common, something I've heard a lot ever since I was a youth pastor 20 years ago. It's been common here if parents say, hey, well, my 12-year-old, my 14-year-old doesn't wanna go to church or youth group, and I don't wanna make them. And, 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 and here's the thing, it's, it, here's the, the, if you're waiting until you're, they're teenagers to set this clear family culture, it's gonna lead to a lot of conversations like that. You wanna set a clear family culture early. Here's the thing, if it was up to me when I was 14 years old, I would never have gone to church, and I would never have gone to school, and I would never have eaten a vegetable. I, I, would, for, I, would, I, I, would, uh, I would have played sports and hung out with my friends and eaten pizza full time because I was 14 and didn't know anything. But my parents knew, you need to go to school, you need to go to church, and sometimes eat some vegetables. And, 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 and so you say this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How long does this house thing last? I think there's two lenses you can look at. You can look at until they're 18, or you can look at until they're off your payroll. They're 26 years old, living in your basement, playing video games, eating your food. They are in your house. If they wanna have their own house, they can get an apartment. You know what I'm saying? And so, as, so setting this clear family culture, as for me and my house, Really, ideally, it's a whole lot less about setting rules and a whole lot more about a culture that is set from the earliest possible age, even before you have kids. The earliest possible age that, as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. We're gonna pray before we eat. We're gonna pray before bed. We're gonna try to honor God in what we do. We're gonna try to help poor people. We're gonna be at church most of the time. You're gonna go to youth group most of the time. That this, as for me and my, this, is, this isn't a set of rules. This is just who we are as a family, a clear family culture. We wanna do all we can at Life Church to help partner with you on that. We really see our family ministry from preschool through, through high school as a, just that. We wanna partner with you on your journey to raise up your kids, to love and follow Jesus. Again, what it's ultimately gonna be between them and God. We create opportunities, we pray for them, we model, we teach, we do all we can. Ultimately, it's between them and God, but, but we wanna partner with you. One way we do that is if you've got a child that's like between second grade and sixth grade, who's been asking questions about what does it mean to follow Jesus, what does it mean to get baptized. We have a baptism coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, whether you're an adult or, 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 or have a kid, you can sign up on our website or on the Church Center app. But next Sunday, after this service, upstairs in the kids' building, there'll be a class. And we do it with the child, with the parents, because we want to partner with you. So if you have a second grader through a sixth grader that's been asking those kind of questions, love for you to sign up for that class on the website or the Church Center app. We do that to partner with you. Each week in this series, I'm gonna have a quick conversation with a leader at Life Church or a, a, a couple or family at Life Church that, that I believe really kind of lives this out, this, this immeasurably more, but God's done great things in their family and they have a heart of expectation of what else he's gonna do. I'm gonna ask Alan and Christy Sump to come join us on stage.
Christy leads our Sunday morning preschool ministry, does an incredible job. Alan's volunteered at Life Church a million different ways from doing setup in the past. He started our jail ministry. Every Sunday night, there's people from Life Church that go down to the jail, hold a church service. Alan started that up for us, leads a great high school boys Bible study now. We're great thing. In fact, you said that pretty much. Yeah, um, the inmates are better than the high schoolers. That's, that's feels. That's <laughs> just kidding. He's pretty much, you said, it's pretty much, you did the same message. You don't even yeah, know right. where, where you're doing one, yeah. one starts, one lives. I don't know. Am I at, in jail? Am I at home? I don't know. Uh, who knows? And so uh, I've known these guys 15 years, gotten to see their family up close. There's no perfect families, no perfect marriage, no perfect parents, but I've gotten to see these guys up close and have always admired their marriage and their parenting. And so thanks for, thanks for chatting. Thanks for doing it the third time. That's right. And so, um, Hey, so tell me, tell me the story of you guys meeting and getting married. When was that? What are the details? Give us the story. So we met in college, and I dated her older sister. It's a great way to start the story, isn't it? <laughs> so, so, uh, How many of the sisters did you date? Just the one of four. And it, do y'all ever talk about it at Thanksgiving? Oh, like, all the time. Remember like, back when? Yeah, yeah. How, how awkward would, that could have been your mom. And so, anyway, it's good. So go ahead. Uh, so, you know, actually, uh, after she dumped me, which was totally legit and deserved, et cetera. You want to go details there? Or? <laughs> no, no, it's too painful. Um, so, uh, uh, we all worked at the same restaurant, and so I got to see Christy's heart and her love for her coworkers, and, like, um, it was just, like, 30 years now. So, you guys have been married 30 years. I think we have a wedding pick 30 years ago. It's given up for 30 years, yeah? And so... Uh, So one thing that's, again, no perfect marriages, but it's always been obvious to me, you guys love each other, y'all love to be together. What are some things you guys do to cultivate just a healthy marriage? Um, I would say one of the things would be the time spent together. Um, a few years ago, Dave gave a message on marriage and just talking about um, the importance of making time for each other. He suggested dating once a week and overnight try to get away for, I mean, once a month get away overnight and then quarterly try to have an extended time together. And we haven't totally been able to keep that, but when we have invested that time in our marriage, I really feel like it's, it's helped to grow us closer and keep those friendships strong. Yeah, it does help that I really like her. And uh, we, we share hobbies. We hike together, paddleboard, uh, run together. Uh, we forgot to mention our kids, our family, if we could. Yes, and so let's talk about, let's see, uh, let's see some kiddos. So there's Alan, Aubrey, Brianna, and Bowden. How long ago was that pick? About 13 years or so, I'd say. And um, we have another addition to the family. Tell us. Uh, this morning around 4.30, we and uh, Alan and Kayla had a baby Judah. Yeah. So. Grandparents as of today. We timed this perfectly. And so, so again, again, no perfect parents yeah. and no perfect kids. But you, what's always struck me is you guys have these four kids, and uh, so they, they tell us, give us eight names and ages real quick. So we have Alan, who's... Microphone. Yes. Alan, who's 27, Aubrey, 25, Brianna is 18, and Bowden right there is 17. Okay. So you guys have these four kids, pretty much grown, and what struck me always, uh, just watching your... We've got a chance to go camping together, hang out for, you know, last 15 years at various levels. And so, you know, you get these four kids that seem to really love you guys, seem to love to be, hang out with the family, and, and, and right now all really love Jesus. Yeah, we're not all that in a bag of chips. It's really the body of Christ, honestly. I mean, you were influential, and, and we have a, now a reverend in the family, Reverend Dylan. Uh, so um, that was part of you, kind of sending them off to Scotland. And, and so the involvement from the body of Christ is huge. And then, of course, God's spirit working on your heart as an individual, just listening. 
I can't count the many times, I don't want to, how many times I've had to apologize to my kids or my wife just because, you know, in the nature of life, if you're not listening, you're not going to be in tune to your flesh and your humanity. So it just helps. Also, a couple more things. Um, the Word of God is super important. Uh, I'm so impressed to see my kids, like, diving in. And that's, I think, role modeled there. Uh, just being in, you can't be hypocritical. I mean, if you're not really searching and, and learning and growing yourself, then how could you hope that for your kids? And then finally, prayer. Um, we've come in, into a habit of praying for our children. On Monday will be Bowden, Tuesday, Brianna. And I love that system. I love that intentionality. And that's the base. You know, if things come up, um, like Bowden might have an issue like today, it's like, well, you got to wait. So. Everybody gets a day. Today is not your day. I like that. Right. Yeah, you got to gotta choose your day. I love that. And um, so as you guys think about this next season, grandparents today, going to be double grandparents like in a couple of weeks with, and uh, when Dylan Aubrey have their first. And so as you think about this next season of, of just your family, what are some immeasurably more dreams that God's kind of placing in your heart? It comes down to like this idea of Proverbs 16, 9, where it says that a man can plan his ways, but it's the Lord who directs his steps. So we know that God is working behind the scenes. And we want every member of our family to just not miss any opportunities. And in, in the weaknesses and in the strengths, just know that God is involved. He cares. I mean, if he went so far to give us a son, of course, he's going to care about your day-to-day. -day. And so that's a heartbeat for all of them. So, Christy, you, uh, you run our Sunday morning preschool ministry here. At, on an average Sunday, about how many birth through uh, pre-K kids are over in the Kids Life building? Uh, we have about 100 every week. 100 preschoolers every week. And, uh, and so as you think, kind of dream about what God might do with our families of preschoolers in the years to come, what's an immeasurably more dream that God's put in your heart? Uh, well, especially talking about family, um, we would just really like to see just increase the, the parent involvement. Um, we only get to borrow your kids for one hour a week, but we want to empower parents um, just that they can do that on a daily basis, that they can be bringing their kids up to know the Lord. Um, every week we have a little sheet we hand out with little activities that will help just bring home the points that they learned that week. And then all throughout the month we're memorizing a verse. And so at home the parents can just be uh, just putting God's word into their heart. And um, so we just hope to do all that we can to equip parents to teach their, ki their kids just to understand who God is and to love him. Awesome. Let's get up for the sumps. I have sat in the seat you're sitting in where I am in a church service and the first point in the message takes 20 minutes. And you're like, how long are we about to be here? And I just wanna put you at ease. I'm gonna land this plane in 12 minutes. All right, you guys think I can do it? Y'all don't seem very confident. All right, here it goes. So, so if, if I'm gonna experience immeasurably more in my family, I've gotta realize there's, there's a bigger purpose for my family. I've gotta second realize there's a greater power for my family. So we see the last part of Ephesians 3.20. Paul says, now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or think or imagine. And then he says, verse 20, according to his power. Talk about the Holy Spirit. According to his power that is at work within us. Ephesians 5.18, if you've been in church very long, you've heard this verse. Paul says, be not drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. He says, don't get drunk. It will make you do stupid stuff. You don't know if that's true, listen to country music, right? And so, uh, and, and so he says, don't, don't get, he says, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
So you say, well, why is Paul saying it this way? If you, if you fill yourself up with enough alcohol, the alcohol will control you. And the idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's this idea that I'm yielding myself, controlled by, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so what's amazing is Paul says this, and then just right after this, he goes on this very long writing all about family relationships. And, and I believe part of what Paul's saying here is the, is the, the way it's going to be most obvious if you are, are living in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's gonna be most obvious in all of your relationships, most obviously in your family relationships. And so if I'm going to experience immeasurably more, a greater sense of, of, God, of an expectancy of what God wants to do in and through and for my family, I, I've got to regularly invite the Holy Spirit to empower me and to move in the life of my family. And so the, the clearest mark of living filled with the Holy Spirit. A lot of people would list a lot of things as the first thing, the second thing that's most obvious. Here's what's the most obvious way to know if you're living in the filling of the Holy Spirit. It's are you living with the fruit of the Holy Spirit? And so the fruit of the Holy Spirit is, is love. So if I, if I am living with the, the Holy Spirit filling me on a regular basis, I, I'm, the way Paul says it is he's saying be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, being, be continually yielding yourself to the control and empowering of the Holy Spirit, then I'm going to be living more and more in a, in a way of supernatural love. So, so what is the fruit of the Spirit? Love. Who doesn't want more love in their family? Joy. Who doesn't want more joy in your family? Peace. Who doesn't want more peace in your family? Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. If you only had more of half of those, your family would be better than it's ever been. And so if, if I'm gonna experience immeasurably more, I've got, I, I gotta rec recognize it's according to his power, the Holy Spirit that is at work inside of us. And then here's the third thing, and we're done. There can be a greater legacy for your family. So if I'm gonna live it immeasurably more in my family, there's a greater purpose. We see that very clear in marriage, very clear in parenting and, and, and in other ways. It begins with glorifying God. There's this greater purpose. There's this greater power. It's the only way I can live that greater purpose fully. And then ultimately, there can be a greater legacy for my family. See, many times we fall in the trap of just living this day to day. How can we make it through this week? Or maybe even we're, we're thinking, how can we really maximize this year? But I wanna challenge us. What if we began to ask God to help us dream bigger dreams about not just what God might wanna do in our family today, this month, this year, but what God might wanna do in our family even for the next decade, 20 years, 40 years, 100 years. The Bible talks so often about generations, this generational impact, children's children, just like Alan and, uh, and Christy became grandparents this morning. A couple, you may or may not know, a couple of months ago, our oldest, Lauren, her husband, Nick, had their first. We've got a little grandbaby, baby Josephine there, Josephine Joy, and uh, it's, uh, and, and she likes to smile, grunt, and blow out daily. That's just a thing in the family, and, and so, uh, um, but the Bible talks a ton about this generational stuff. Psalm 78.1 and the message says it this way. Listen, dear friends, to God's truth. Bend your ears to what I tell you. I'm chewing on the morsel of a proverb. I'll let you in on the sweet old truths. Stories we heard from our fathers. 
So this, we heard it from our, some of, some of you, some of us were blessed to have parents that loved Jesus and, 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 and told us these things from childhood. He says, stories we heard from our father's counsel we learned at our mother's knee. He says, we're not keeping this to ourselves, we're passing it along to the next generation. God's fame and fortune, the marvelous things he has done. I want us to begin to ask God to help us dream dreams, not just of right now, but of generational impact. That's what Paul talks about to Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, Paul says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. So we're seeing generational faith, grandmother to mother to son, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Uh, what if we began to think, about how the choices we're making today, the priorities, the values, and the culture we're creating today. It's not just about today. It's not just about, about our marriage, not just about these kids. It's about grandkids, great-grandkids, their kids, hundreds of years into the future, this legacy, this ripple effect. And, and so, some, I wanna say this. Some of you are grandparents, and, and, and you've got and right now, your kids and, and their spouse, there they're, they're, they're may not be uh, putting God first in their life. They, they, may, they may not be following Jesus or living in a way where he's first. And, and so for some of you grandparents, you are the only or the strongest godly influence in those grandkids' lives. And specifically, some of you grandfathers, you are the only godly male in your grandkids' lives, and, and you need to kind of step into that as a significant part of why you are here and now, why, why, why you are in their lives, that, that, that you are, are going to play a role of, of, of meaningfully speaking into them. What does it look like to follow Jesus? And, 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 and some of you are doing a pretty good job at that, but God's calling you to, to make that a real focus and priority and this generational impact. Uh, others of you, you, you grew up in, in, a, in a family where if you go back generations there, it's, there's, all, none of us grew up in perfect families. And all of our families had measures of dysfunction. Some, but, but some, there, there's been multiple generations of, of significant brokenness and generational sin where, where great-grandpa was an alcoholic and grandpa was an alcoholic and dad was an alcoholic and, and then now you've had battles with this. And, and, and for some of you, this is a moment where in the power of the Holy Spirit, where, where you really ask God to, to, to cause a, a generation-changing, uh, for lack of a better term, a, a, a generation-changing cha moment that will be in your life that will then go generation to generation. So, some of you need to have a moment individually or with your spouse where you say this generational sin and brokenness. We're asking God by the power of the Holy Spirit that it stops with me. So some of you need, as a couple, your, your, your parents got divorced, your grandparents got divorced, her parents got divorced, her grandparents got divorced. There's been multiple generations of divorce and, and y'all need to get together and pray and ask God by his spirit to say that these multiple generations of divorce stops with us. And some of you were raised by people that, that on the outside things look pretty good, but there was a whole lot of selfishness in that house. 
And, and, and you need to say, these multiple generations of selfishness stops with me. This, these multiple generations of sexual sin, your dad cheated on your mom, his dad cheated on, on your grandma, and it goes back, and you say, these multiple generations of sexual sin, we're asking God by the power of his spirit and, and, and that we're going to make this choice that it stops with us. These multiple generations of addiction, you're going, you're going to say, this stops with me. And really beginning a whole new line that's not marked by pain and generational sin, but that's marked by wholeness and health and impact, saying we're, we're gonna start a whole new line, that our kids are gonna be different because, because we're gonna show them something different. And we're asking that God would do something different in their lives and their kids will be different. We're gonna start a line of passionate followers of Jesus. That's what we're asking God to do. We're asking that, 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 that God would start a whole new line of love and faithfulness and marriage, a whole new line of selfless difference makers that aren't just trying to accumulate just for their own self, but, but are actually living to be a blessing and to make a difference. And really, this is gonna require intentionality. This is gonna require priority. This is gonna require a ton of prayer and a ton of just asking God to change you and you begin to look not just at this moment, but thinking 100 years from now, your children's children's children, a whole new legacy. If I'm gonna have, if I'm gonna see this immeasurably more in my family, I've gotta experience God's got a greater purpose, God's made available a greater power, and that there's more at stake, there's this legacy at stake. And I recognize some of you in this moment, you're just barely hanging on. Some of you this morning, it's, you're just in a moment in your marriage where, where you're just trying to kind of make it. And the idea of dreaming of immeasurably more is difficult. Or you're in a moment with your kids where, where it's very difficult and, 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 and it's the hardest moment of parenting that you've ever experienced. Maybe you've got a grown child that every choice they make is the opposite of what you wish they would do. And in this moment, the idea of even being able to dream of, that, of what else God might do, it's difficult. And I just want to just say a couple of things. One is, uh, is this moment does not have to define forever. That this incredibly difficult moment, this, is, this might be a moment, this might be a season, but the story has not been completed the story of your, of your marriage is not over. The story of your parenting is not over. Even if your kids are grown, the story is not over. And then the other thing I'd say, some of you just even just this idea of asking God to raise our sense of holy expectancy, it's just such a hard moment. It's hard to even, even think like that. And you're, you're kind of in that moment kind of that, 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 where that dad said, Jesus, I believe, but would you help my unbelief? You're almost in a moment where it's hard enough to, it's just hard to even have your own faith that, that, that there could be more and that it, that it could be something different. And, and, and I, sometimes you gotta borrow someone else's faith. That's why every week we, we have people at the front after service that just would love to pray for you. It's, it's, there's, there's, it's great to pray for ourselves, but sometimes it's partnering with someone else that, that maybe in that moment is able to have more faith for what God wants to do in your life than you're able to have because of the moment you're in. And so I, in a minute, I'm gonna pray, and then Dusty will come and, and, and dismiss this, but I, I wanna invite you. If you're in a moment where you just feel stuck in your marriage, and it's just hard to imagine it being great, or you're in a moment where parenting every day just feels so difficult, 
or you've got an adult child that you're just, you're just brokenhearted uh, about, or, or, or maybe it's nothing terrible. It's just this feeling like I just can't imagine and, and a heart of holy expectancy of my family ever being something other than what it is. These folks would love to pray for you. Let me pray for you right now. So Father, Lord, I do just wanna pray specifically for people in a hard moment, people that are discouraged, people that the past has been painful and they wish it was different or the current is painful and they wish it was different. And Lord, I pray that you would just by your spirit, Lord, just infuse hope that you're working even when they don't see. And Lord, I pray that they would have just this great sense of, of, of the way it has always been is not the way it always has to be. And the way it is now is not the way it always has to be. And that you've got more. And that you're with them, you're working in them, you're working for them. And Lord, I pray for all of us, Lord, that we, when it comes to our family, whatever our phase of life is, whether we're a teenager, whether we're, we're a young, young adult, whether we're a young married, new parent, we're in a teenager's emptiness or wherever we're at, God, God that, that we would, would have a greater sense that, that, that you've got a big purpose for our family. And we have this great sense that your spirit wants to empower us in our family relationships. That, that it would be manifest by, by the fruit of your spirit, more love and more joy and peace and all the things. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to not just think about the moment, to not just think about the month, but to think decades into the future, to think centuries in the future of, of the way in which the choices and the priorities and the value and the culture we create now, the generations that can be changed. I pray it'd help us to see that. Lord, I pray where there's been generational brokenness and generational sin. Lord, I pray that you would even do something by your spirit, even in this moment, where there's this resolve saying, by the power of the Holy Spirit, this line of brokenness and pain and generational sin, it stops now. And, and, and we, by the power of the Holy Spirit, are gonna do everything we can to create a new life that generations would be changed. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Life Church Reno podcast. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this, and we'll see you soon.